This is the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back into the Amon Green Show. Harrison Arns on the board. Of course, Amon Green, host as always, streaming in from Houston over the holiday break. Uh, but nonetheless, Amon, I'm not sure we want to go with this, but the NFL this weekend has been absolutely insane. Wild. I'm curious to know just what was the most surprising game to you. You got the Chiefs falling to the Raiders. They get two defensive touchdowns and seven seconds of gameplay. Uh, of course, the Bills looking on pace. But my Bears get a win. Maybe that one's not too surprising. The Patriots find a win over the Broncos. The Buccaneers, Baker Mania, gets it done uh, over Jacksonville. And, of course, right. I mean, you can pick any one of these games. And, of course, the Monday Night Football, the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson makes a case uh, why he is the MVP, at least in my opinion, for the season. I called it before right. the game. And, man, <laughs> that was a great game to kind of double down on what I already thought heading into it. Uh, the Ravens are just looking scary when they're healthy. True. And so I'm going to start with, because I'm not happy right now, because my fantasy football team lost because of Amari Cooper. Oh, great my season, Lord. Great game. Yeah. Two, over 200 yards receiving. He had 54-point-something <laughs> fantasy league points, bro, mm-hmm. against me. My, I'm like, of course, the first round, like, I, I went, this is my best season in this league. I'm in a friends league up in Green Bay. We all comic book nerds. And this is the first season I this is my second season in first season. I was like bad, like four and 12. Like I was learning. It's a PPR league, mostly receivers and uh, running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Right. Right. So it's mostly passing yards, stuff like that. And so some of these guys would even draft uh, some of the friends up there wouldn't even draft uh, like defenses or kickers. It was just all wideouts because mm-hmm. you could get crazy amount of points. Right, man. I'm looking at this thing and i'm like what in the double he hockey stick just happened with cleveland and that game this dude set records Frank, he he caught 265 receiving yards for a new franchise record for the browns surpassing josh gordon when he was on the browns mm-hmm. with 261 at that time back 10 years ago now and the I'm best like, part what? it was flacco at qb balling out there did you know he's already surpassed deshaun watson and touchdowns for the browns right yes i I saw that (laughs) like it's just incredible this is ridiculous i'm like of course because like my my squad i'm thinking like okay first round outside it's going to be tough but i know i could get through the first round and then after that obviously we'll face man i get this in the first round my man has 54.7 points on me that's three players so you get this in one player because mm-hmm. I had, let me look at my roster right now. I had good, I had ballers, right? I had CD lamb. I have, I had them. So mm-hmm. the season's over now. And of course in the chat, the fantasy chat guys talking trash. <laughs> he said, I hope you had an Amari Christmas instead of like a <laughs> Merry Christmas. I'm like, Oh, okay. He got jokes. He got jokes. That was a pretty good like, one to sneak in there. Oh, I'd be proud one. of it. It was a good one. I'm like, ah, that was a good one. Oh but yeah. Like, I yeah. had Josh Allen. Let me go back to next week. Last week, I mean. Okay, yeah. so this is the sim. Yeah, I was one game from the championship game. Josh Allen, 26.98. CeeDee Lamb, 21.27. Mm-hmm. Evan Ingram, tight end for Jacksonville, 14.33. DeAndre Swift, 15.2. Balling, mm-hmm. right? This has been all season for me. Yeah, that's a good roster so far. 
Mike Evans, 24.73. Pacheco. Um, Pacheco Isaiah, off, the key, off the Chiefs, yep. Isaiah. Yeah, off the Chiefs, 10.6. That was kind of his low, one of his low scores. Tyreek Hill, 15. That was one of his low scores, 15.6. Harrison Buckner, tough game. He only had one PAT, mm-hmm. so one point, which I don't. And then Seattle's defense got me nine points. That's 138 points. My man, Amari Cooper, by himself, 54.67 points. That's Broken. two to three players of mine. <laughs> That's gone. the scary thing about those PPR leagues is you. Right. I was fortunate the one year I won it, I had a magical year with Tyreek Hill. And he had a couple of times where he was flirting around 40, 50 points. And that's why you can't get too emotionally invested in fantasy football because some players just absolutely break it for you. Christian McCaffrey, at least if you're going through ESPN on fantasy football, he's in 58% of the rosters in the finals. So he is just carrying all these guys uh, to the finals. And that's, that's just the thing. When you have a guy in Christian McCaffrey who's great on the catch as well in the backfield, those are the running backs and the wide receivers that really break it for you. That PPR can be absolutely vicious if you get a Amari Cooper type game where he can just take over. A guy that no one is really thinking about on the Browns with Joe Flacco right. at QB might just carry a lot of teams and get them their first fantasy team win. Yeah, even if I would have started my Baltimore Ravens defense, the only reason I didn't start because they were going against San Francisco. So I didn't start them. I think that's a smart not start, right? And real quick, we do have Milkman saying it's great. He was on my team. <laughs> so <laughs> with Christopher Gathry, yeah. So I think this is a non a good non-start. So even if I would have started Baltimore's defense, mm-hmm. got me 17 points, I would have still sit at 58, 158 or somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. 155. Still 15 short points short of even being close of winning this. I was like, what in the God's green earth is going on here? Yeah. I look at it. When I saw 54 points, I was like, oh, yeah, it wasn't in the cards for me to win this year. Nope. I was like, yeah, if that when that happens, that's a sign of like, yeah, you wasn't going to win this year, AG, just, off, just because. I'm like, ah, this sucks. Yeah, like, that's no! the thing. I've realized that you... we give real rings. We give out real rings in this uh, league. Okay. You guys put a good yeah. bit of money into those rings or not? Yeah, they just... uh, like, I think everybody pays in, every player. So we have like 17. Okay, so you got a big pool players. of players. And about, you only have to pay, we have to pay 60 bucks in. So that 60 bucks goes towards the ring. So you're talking about maybe what? A $400 ring. Yeah. Something like that. 17 people, $60 buy-in. That's not bad at all. Yeah. You know, so I was like, yes. I'm like mid-season. I'm like, man, I'm undefeated. And then I lost lost last couple weeks, which I was still in the running for number one seed. And this was the number. This was the first. I'm like, when I saw Amari Cooper, and I'm like, Amari Cooper, I like you. I'll tell this to Milkman right now, who he chimed in again. Um, he's going right. to win fantasy football this year. I'd be very surprised. He has McCaffrey and Cooper. Uh, unbelievable, he says. And yeah, that is just an insane roster you can have. Uh, and you talked about Pacheco. Unfortunate game for him, but unfortunate game for Mahomes, too. Arguably one of the right. worst games in his career. Um, yeah. If I'm yeah, also bang. the Raiders, I'm hiring Antonio Pierce right now. Uh, he has just been <laughs> killing it for those guys down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, but how well, how surprised were you with the Chiefs meltdown? Because they just felt out of sync all game long. Well, it's not a surprise. It's not. It was only it's not a surprise because of this. 
before the for for it's the last month of the season, and mm-hmm. since the seventeenth game has been put into the NFL, they made sure and they made this part of the rundown of the last month of football will be a lot of rivalry games. Mm-hmm. Bears so Packers the end of the season. Bears Packers, Lions Vikings, um, Chiefs Raiders, uh, Packers Bears coming up at the you know mm-hmm. a couple weeks. So those games, you really – it's just like college football. You throw the records out. We've played – I remember my seasons in Green Bay. We've played the Lions. We've played the Vikings. Played the Lions on Thanksgiving. Throw the records out the door. Doesn't mean nothing. They coming in. We've lost a few of those games Thursday, Thanksgiving games because Detroit was like, you know what? We we suck. Our season sucks. But you know what? We about to make your Thanksgiving even worse. Well, the Packers you did know? it to the Lions this year. They flipped right, the roles. It's forth. like the Lions, exactly. you're not. I mean, they clinched the NFC North already. But that Thanksgiving game was ugly. The Packers showed yes. out and no one was expecting them to take down the Lions. And, that, and, so, and to my point, that right there, I was like, this is going to be an ugly game. Like, even though on my podcast, uh, my, uh, or Gear and Go G-Lounge that I do with Dorsey and uh, Gilbert Brown, even though I picked the Chiefs because it just makes sense, obviously, because Raiders are just in flux. They are coming on the back. They're having, they're getting some wins, obviously, putting 63 on the Chargers and then now beating their, but it was a rival game. Mm-hmm. So with that and Pierce coming in, player coach who I believe, like, for any organization, please hear me. I know nobody's from the NFL other than people that we know, mm-hmm. not no GMs, not no owners, but we make a clip of this and then put it out on social media. Please hire players that have played in the NFL that were either part of Super Bowl rosters or perennial pro bowler, pro, pro bowlers, or they play more than 10 years. Those are the guys you want as a head coach, a defensive coordinator, or offensive coordinator, because those guys were, we were students of the game. I was that player. I was a student of the game. Like, I just didn't have the ability. I knew also I had to watch film. I had to study tape. I had to see what influenced Brian Urlacher to hit the hole faster than usual. Because then if I know he was going to hit the hole fast, if I took a certain, if I got the ball and I made a move to that A gap, then I would do something different. So him, just to bait him into me, then I could bounce it outside. Because I knew he was a problem. With his speed how back. long did it real quick just how long did it take for you to figure brian urlacher out because i mean he is it, he was just an incredible player it took my first game against him his rookie year and i'm like okay i see what he does mm-hmm. we learned real quick in that first game we learned all this and one of the things we learned that a lot of people didn't see even though he's a they put him on there because chicago was a team known for running backs and linebackers so the media pumped them up was he a good athlete? A hundred percent. I'm not going to take nothing away from him. He earned that yellow jacket. He earned their way to the Super Bowl in 2006. Mm-hmm. But a weakness was he could not stop straight ahead run plays, isos, fullback leading through the hole where I had William Henderson who weighed 255. I'm 220 right behind him. If we shot the ball right at him downhill on our isos and our counter plays, we destroyed them. And that's why it was a problem when we played those years against them because we were dominating them. The linebacker mm-hmm. that was the problem for the Chicago Bears during that time was actually Lance Briggs. He was at he was six, one and a half, two sixty. Oh yeah, that's tough running straight okay. at him. That's right. That's like, tough to stop. And people don't realize Erlacher, his build, right? Yeah. He's tall. He's six four, six three. Mm-hmm. 
He's 255. He has the build. Yep. But if you look at his waist below, his calves are like basketball player calves. Like he had little stick legs. He was yoked upper body, like upper body. He was yoked. And if people don't remember either, when he was at New Mexico State, he was a strong safety. He wasn't on the middle linebacker. Yeah, that's why he had that speed. That's that's one that's of the, the pro and con, right? You get the speed exactly. with it, but you lose a little bit of strength. So that lower body strength not being there, we can we can run the ball at him. We hated when we did power tosses because he was so fast. He could run out outrun the lineman, behind, go behind him, and then catch catch me. So we would come to the sidelines yelling at Mike Sherman, run the power, run the ISO, don't run nothing else, please. Stop calling these other <laughs> outside toss plays because it's, he's he's running me down because I'm waiting for my old lineman to get the blocking, and then I'm tackled a two-yard game. So NFL GMs, mm-hmm. owners, head coaches, you want to look at guys, like I said, former players that has 10 years plus, Super Bowl rings or appearances, and – they they are students of the game. They are they're automatically that because for them to do what they did, they took it serious. We were passionate. We took it down to a science. I knew when we had that power game going against Chicago, good enough that if we were hitting the outside edge so much, Al Erlacher was going to scream to the edge. And then what I'll do, I cut it back for a 50-yard game because there's nobody in the middle of the field. So knowing how to coordinate that offensively i could be a coordinator or a defensive coordinator how to stop the run and end the pass mm-hmm. because teams I, I watched how teams try to stop us they'll try to stop me on a good day and one guy who did it who admitted to me during the end of the game was uh tony dungy when he was a coach co- head coach we played him in indianapolis and i remember one game brett threw he set a wreck him and peyton man were going back and forth touchdown 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 right we lost to them to the Colts 35 to 38. That's what the score was. So 35 to 42. Mm-hmm. I had 24 carries, 80 yards. So a decent, okay day. Right. But I knew in my head, I knew that wasn't good because I didn't score a touchdown. My goal was, and I knew this offense worked if I got over 100 yards or a bonus, 100 yards and a touchdown. But I knew if I rushed for anything over 60 and a touchdown, we were going to win. If you look at that percentage, we, it was a high percentage rate. Right. And he knew that. He knew we cannot let number 30 get 100 yards and score a touchdown because we're not going to win the game. Because we, I beat up the defense along with William Henderson, Nick Lucci, whoever was my fullback. We were going to pound you to – we're going to bludgeon you. And then open up the pass game. We got Javon Walker. We got Robert Ferguson. We have Donald Driver. Then we're going – we're all beat up now. Now we're just going to outrun you with the pass. We're going to do play action fakes, and you're going to bite on it because I'm getting five yards of carry. You're going to come up into the box, and all of a sudden play action. Oh, pop up. Javon Walker running one-on-one or Robert Ferguson one-on-one against your against your safety or mm-hmm. against your corner that can't keep up with them because they're, Robert Ferguson was 6'3", 225. Javon Walker was 6'4", 210. So – it's a problem when you got one-on-one matchup when you got big receivers that are, that are fast. Javon Walker was also a baseball player. He got drafted out of Fort Florida State to the I can't remember where at in Major League Baseball, but then he was moonlighting as a wide receiver. <laughs> so NFL, please say you know I'm I'm this is a PA announcement saying hey former players ten years plus Super Bowl appearances or rings will help. 
Mm-hmm. We have the knowledge and we have the, the due diligence to understand how do we build teams from the ground up because we're dealing with the top one percenters of players, right? At the NFL level. So we got players. It's just now you got to put them in the right circumstances to understand as a coach what we want to give you. We want to put as coaches our jobs at any level of sport, at any sport, our job as coaches is to put the players in the position to win. So for my players on the esports um, club teams and teams, my job is to make sure they're in the positions to win every time they play a match. So transverse that over to football, same thing. I'm going to put my quarterback, my running back, my wide receivers, my old line. I'm going to ask them stuff like, what's your favorite play to run? What's your favorite? Give me three plays that you like to run if it's a passing situation and a running situation. Give me three plays. By the end of the day, I have 20 plays that I could draw up and real easy because I know these players want to run these plays. They're going to execute because they already know what they're doing. They don't have It's all muscle memory. It's not even right. thinking about it. And they're going to sit there and pretty much make it look real easy because they're running plays that I've asked them personally. If you had a play to call, what would you call? Or what would you want to run at this time of the game? Because I remember Mike McCarthy doing that. I remember Mike Sherman doing that. Mm-hmm. Asking us, hey, Amon, in this situation, third and five, um, and we're up by 10, so we don't need really need to pass the ball. Would you want to run? I'm like, power. Yeah. Uh, ISO. We don't, if we don't, yeah, we're up by 10. That means don't give them an opportunity to uh, get an interception or a tip pass. Let's keep it on the ground and run the clock. Yeah, you, know, you just, need to have those plays. That we we gotta right, throw so, the break here real quick, but go ahead and wrap up. Yeah, but yeah, but those, but I said, but those players I kept mentioning, ten years plus, mm-hmm. Super Bowl ring or appearances, we have the knowledge and we have the expertise to understand when we're in certain, we know situations, situational football to help our team get through it, and we could coach it up, and that's what's going on with Antonio Pierce with the Raiders. People are starting to, and it's like not a surprise. Like uh, among players, we know this, we knew this. You just don't give us opportunity because you're trying to make it easy for you trying to get other people in there, other coaches that that have 20 years of coaching experience, but they're never played once a one down of college football at the D1 level or NFL football at, at the pro level. Mm-hmm. And you just wonder why your coaches like the coach from San Diego, unfortunately, I don't know his background, but he he got put 65.3 on his team and now he's without a job mm-hmm. with two games left in the season. Yep. LA now, no longer San Diego. That's, that's exactly. The, Sorry. That's, it's, I say it all the time, too. You talk to Chris Raff, you'll still say San Diego to this day. But nonetheless, we do got exactly. to throw out the break here. But your point is totally valid that coaching, especially when you look at half the league, is either seven or seven or eight wins. I think it's over half of them. Coaching is that small difference because everyone's got players. That's why so much of the league is always consistently pretty right. even. You can get those upsets because everyone's got dudes. Um, it's that coaching to take you over the edge. But nonetheless, we'll throw it to break here. We got one more segment on the Amon Green Show. Harrison, Amon, we'll talk to you guys on the other side.